Hello everyone, I'm going to end my series today. The Ethical Porn Standards Part 4. I'm going to end that. Um, I know that it has been a mixed bag of a ride. So I'm going to start off with this. Ethical.porn. What is ethical porn? Article by Ethical Porn Curators, February 1st, 2017. Ethical porn may include any genre, style, form, depiction, and tenor of sexual media, as long as said sexual media is created ethically. Speaking generally, ethical actions strive to be fair, equitable, and just for all parties involved. As such, behaving in an ethical manner requires acting in accordance with standards that, though pragmatically flexible, actively and implicitly seek to achieve fair, equitable, and just ends. Or put simply, ethical actions always try. Based on the diversity of human experiences throughout history, what constitutes fair, equitable, and just ends is highly subjective. As such, ethical actions vary by era, community, subculture, and more. Within the context of contemporary sexual media today, ethical porn requires consent, disclosure, and compliance with professional adult content production community standards and the model bill of rights outlined by the Adult Performer Advocacy Committee, APAC, and the Free Speech Coalition's FSC's Code of Ethics and PASS, P-A-S-S. What is ethical porn? At its most essential, adult content that is consensual and transparent is created in an environment that emphasizes safety and respect and does not contribute to wider social inequalities via troublesome post-production marketing is ethical. Elements like tenor and intensity sex acts being depicted or production value do not preclude content from being ethical. Beyond these key dimensions, however, are a wealth of subjective issues, standpoints, and concerns that require multi-dimensional evolving dialogue. Ethical.porn is committed to exploring these issues with this groundwork in mind. Though the concept of ethical porn does not discount or discredit amateur personal and slasher developmental content, ethical porn mandates a level professionalism outlined by these entities and aforementioned parameters. For the sake of clarity, these concepts are defined below. Genre. A category of artistic composition, as in music or literature or film, characterized by similarities in form, style, or subject matter. Film styles are recognizable film techniques used by filmmakers that add flair or character to a project. A film style can include all aspects of sound, medicine scene, dialogue, cinematography, attitude, and more. Form, film, clip, live show, written, etc., depiction, sex, act, tenor, intensity. Ethical porn creators about the author. We strive to provide viewers and media with groundwork for discussing and consuming ethical adult content. From compensating workers for their creative contributions to acknowledging a diverse array of sexual tastes. Ethical.porn helps interest individuals engage issues related to ethical erotic content.
so I now want to talk about why pay for your porn. Article by Ethical Porn Creators, January 1st, 2017. Nothing in life is free and there's no such thing as quote-unquote free porn. Nothing in life is free and there's no such thing as quote-unquote free porn. Again, all ethically produced porn requires resources to create, including performers, workers in parentheses. And one key element of ethical behavior includes compensating workers fairly for services rendered. In contemporary for-profit environments, this includes recompense coincident with agreed-upon terms which may include agreed upon trade. Free porn, in quotation sites, are generally platforms for piracy. Content stolen and showcased without permission from or remuneration to content owners. When, con- when consumers opt to view content on piracy-based, quote-unquote, free porn tube sites, content owners are unable to recoup the causes of production. This then renders them unable to create new projects, which results in less work for performers. There are many reasons why consumers may opt to support piracy via quote-unquote free porn sites. Everything from wider social shame and stigma about one's sexual proclivities to simple unawareness. Regardless, however, of how it's rationalized, exploiting the creative labor of others via viewing quote-unquote free porn on piracy-based tube sites is an antithetical is as antithetical, I'm sorry, let me read that again, sometimes my human tongue moments. Okay, regardless, however, of how it's rationalized, exploiting the creative labor of others via viewing quote-unquote free porn on piracy-based tube sites is as antithetical to ethical as one can get. Nothing in life is free. Pay for your porn. You are contributing to the decimation of ethical standards in porn and, and in wider society overall. If you do not compensate the creative artists who contribute to the products you enjoy. According to, according to the 2005 documentary Inside Deep Throat, that infamous 1970s pornographic movie was filmed on a budget of $25,000 in America and went on to make a staggering $600 million in America. But those days are long gone for the porn industry. Faced with increasing competition from free websites, a group of stars and studio recently banded together to create a new campaign called Pay for Your Porn. This is Jessica Drake's statement. People don't realize illegal downloading of copyrighted digital content results in a loss of jobs, lower wages, higher unemployment rates, and higher taxes. Theft is also a violation of personal consent and ethics. Support the entertainment you love, the companies and stars who make your favorite movies in the economy. Please pay for your porn, Jessica Drake. With the slogan, porn is worth paying for, the campaign is not dissimilar to those devised by Hollywood and the music industry, urging consumers to pay for the entertainment and not use illegal downloads. Vice quoted U.S. porn starlet Jessica Drake, who helped kick off the campaign, and I'm going to repeat what she said. People don't realize illegal downloading of copyrighted digital content results in a loss of jobs, lower wages, higher unemployment rates, and higher taxes, she told her social media followers. Theft is also a violation of personal consent and ethics. Support the entertainment you love, the companies and stars who make your favorite movies, and the economy. Please pay for your porn. The free sites have been a double-edged sword for the stars and studios, raising their profile as the same as cutting into profit margins. 
The free sites are taking money away from all different areas, Jessica Drake told Vice. A lot of people don't realize there's a lot involved in making movies beyond the two people they see having sex on camera. Um... I think that you all get the point, and so I can say that ethical porn is about transcending genres, emphasizing consent, and starting uh, conversations. Let me see if there's any more on the site that I could say. I think about how I've really enjoyed this series. It's one of my favorite series I've done. The Respecting Women one is my most favorite. This is my second most favorite series I've done. And so I'm just so grateful that I got to be a part of these kinds of things. So what else am I going to talk about? I want to talk about worker health and safety. California State Assembly Committee on Labor and Employment, Paul Koretz, Chair. Worker health and safety in the adult film industry post-hearing report. On June 4, 2004, the Assembly Committee on Labor and Employment conducted an informational hearing titled Worker Health and Safety in Adult Film Industry. The hearing was held in Van Nuys, California at the Van Nuys State Office Building. The hearing was held in response to recent incidents of HIV infection among performers in the adult film industry. It was reported that five performers were infected and that over 50 performers were exposed. Government and the industry responded to identify the infected and control the spread of the disease. Major production companies in the industry halted filming while the industry's healthcare foundation cleared performers before filming resumed. Despite various efforts, the infections call into question the adequacy of current screening methods as well as the need for enhanced prevention. The goal of the hearing was to explore whether state and local regulators have the authority needed to deal with the problem. A core issue which will influence any public policy response is whether performers in the industry are employees or independent contractors. The committee also considered the viability and legality of mandated testing reported in mandated condom use. The following report will summarize the testimony presented at the hearing by many of the witnesses from government, industry, health organizations, and more. The report also highlights specific suggestions that were offered by the witnesses to improve working conditions in the industry. Vicki Heza, Deputy Chief for Enforcement, California Division of Occupational Safety and Health, Cal slash OSHA. Ms. Heza was accompanied by Lynn Walsh, Acting Chief of Cal slash OSHA. She began her testimony by explaining the jurisdictional parameters that govern Cal slash OSHA's enforcement of workplace safety and health standards.
Cal slash OSHA's jurisdiction is limited to events that take place in the context of an employee-employee relationship. When there's an employer-employee relationship, Cal slash OSHA has the authority and the obligation to take reasonable measures to enforce the law in order to remove a hazard and protect employees. Cal slash OSHA's involvement will ultimately be guided and restricted by the mandate to focus on the employer-employee relationship when enforcing standards. Cal slash OSHA's legal counsel has determined that the employer-employee relationship must be done on a case-by-case basis. Ms. Hess has stated that the labor code presumes an employee-employer relationship and Cal slash OSHA will operate on that assumption unless indicated otherwise during the investigative process. In response to an inquiry by Los Angeles County Supervisor Yvonne Bathwaite-Burke, two OSHA standards were identified as providing authority for state regulation of the adult film industry, the Injury and Illness Program Standard and the Bloodborne Pathogen Standard. Ms. Hessa argued that the most effective approach to preventing the transmission of diseases carried by blood and other body fluids is to minimize contact with them. Screening methods like periodic blood testing for HIV infection may help to reduce disease transmission, but is not permitted by the blood-borne pathogen standard as a substitute for universal precautions. The standard provides that if employees engage in work practices that result in the contact of their skin, eyes, or mucous membranes with blood, or other body fluids known to transmit bloodborne disease, they are required to be provided with barrier protection. As stated in the bloodborne pathogen standard, these diseases include, but are not limited to HIV, hepatitis B, virus and hepatitis C virus. The blood-borne pathogen standard also reads in part as follows. Universal precautions are an approach to infection control. According to the concept of universal precautions, all human blood and certain human body fluids are treated as if known to be infectious for HIV, HBV, HCV, and other blood-borne pathogens. Upon informing Supervisor Brathwaite Burke of the state's authority, Los Angeles County Department of Health Services, County DHS, was contacted to inform them of Cal slash OSHA's compliant process so they could provide it to any performers wishing to file a complaint. Also at the request of County DHS, Cal slash OSHA has attempted to coordinate its investigative efforts with county staff. Ms. Hazard testified that to be successful, Cal slash OSHA's investigation will need performance to come forward. If violations are found in any investigation, Ms. Hesse testified that citations will be issued. In conclusion, Ms. Hesse stated that modifications to workplace requirement to observe universal precautions in the adult film industry should be done by medical authorities who specialize in the transmission of bloodborne diseases. Also, Cal slash OSHA seeks to partner with county state health officials to conduct outreach and education programs. Jonathan Fielding, MD, Director of Public Health, Los Angeles County Department of Health Services. Dr. Fielding began his testimony by declaring that we should not allow an adult film industry worker 
to have a high-risk sexual encounter as part of their work without a condom. County DHS endorses legislation for the adult film industry that would, one, require condom use for all high-risk sexual encounters, two, have screening requirements for sexually transmitted diseases set by the state with screening costs paid by the industry and offer vaccinations for appropriate preventable conditions, three, mandate education and training of all adult film industry performers, and four, assure monitoring to ensure compliance by state and local health departments paid for by the industry. According to Dr. Fielding, the workplace circumstances of the adult film industry create ideal conditions for effective transmission and acquisition of HIV and other sexually transmitted diseases, STDs. Episodes of HIV transmission in the industry have occurred before. The Adult Industry Medical Healthcare Foundation, AIM, the primary provider of screening for uh, industry performers, has identified other individuals with HIV before they exposed others in the industry. But what is not known is where they may have acquired HIV. Dr. Fielding highlighted what he described as the inadequacy of screening and testing to prevent HIV and other STD transmission. He argued that a performer who was infected with HIV a week ago can test negative today and transmit HIV to a sexual partner tomorrow. For HIV, the period immediately after infection is a time when an individual can be highly infectious. According to the testimony, County DHS has taken the following action. One, initiate a dialogue with Cal slash OSHA on existing standards and working with Cal slash OSHA to develop a model exposure control plan. County DHS has also initiated discussion with the State Labor and Workforce Development Agency to develop educational outreach plans and materials for both producers and performers. Two, requested that Cal slash OSHA conduct an accident investigation of the recent incidents of presumed workplace infection with HIV. According to Dr. Fielding, this investigation is now open and ongoing. Three, initiated an investigation into the recent outbreak offered, offered additional HIV and STD testing services to performers, provided counseling medical referrals for those performers who were infected with HIV, and offered partner contact and referral services to their private sex partners. Four, sought technical assistance from the National Institute of Occupational Safety and Health, NIOSH, to investigate workplace hazards in the industry and issue recommendations. And issue recommendations. On May 18th and May 19th of this year, this is 2004, representatives of NIOSH and of the National Center for HIV STD and TB prevention met with County DHS AIM and members of the industry. Five, initiated dialogue with producers and performers of both straight and gay male parts of the industry, as well as with other relevant agencies, including the California Department of Health Services STD Control Program and the State Office of AIDS to better understand the health and safety issues in the industry and develop appropriate screening recommendations and interventions. County DHS sees four key areas where action is needed. One, changes in work conditions and practices. Condom use should be mandated by the state, not left to voluntary compliance by producers. The county's position is that in occupational context, oral sex should also be protected sex because infection from the sexual act is a preventable risk. Two, education and training. County DHS is working with the state, labor, 
and workforce development, agency development, educational outreach programs in the industry. AIN has also recently expanded its ongoing educational efforts. However, there is no set training requirement in this industry. Also, a comprehensive education and training program must be created for workers to know their prerogatives and producers slash employers to know their obligations. Three, vaccination. Currently, hepatitis B is the only STD that can be prevented through vaccination. However, vaccines may become ethical in the future for HSV slash 2 herpes and human papillomavirus HPV. All workers potentially exposed to this virus through work should receive hepatitis B evaluation and vaccination if needed at employer expense. When other STD vaccines become available, these should be offered as well. Four, testing and treatment. While regular screening for HIV and other STDs is not sufficient as the sole method of worker protection for this industry, it still constitutes a necessary part of a worker health and safety system for this industry. Producers should carry the financial responsibility for testing and related monitoring and treatment as, as appropriate. County DHS recommends that the state have the responsibility for defining testing requirements with, ref with refinements as disease trends and the advances in science dictate. Galen, Gail Bolin, MD, Chief STD Control Branch, Prevention Services, California Department of Health Services. Dr. Bowen is a trained infectious disease physician and has extensive experience in caring for persons with STDs, including HIV. Dr. Bowen discussed three areas of work in which the State Department of Health Services, DHS, believes is relevant to the situation in the adult film industry. One, counseling and testing of persons who may have STDs. Dr. Bowen stated that DHS reviews the usefulness and limitations of testing programs. No testing strategy is 100% effective, meaning that it would need to find 100% of persons infected immediately after infection occurred. Using clinically approved HIV testing typically, it typically takes 12 to 15 weeks before an infection can be detected. For syphilis, it's 4 to 12 weeks. Tests this process appropriately will detect 99% of HIV infections when they exist, and almost 100% of syphilis. DHS's message, however, is that monogamous relationships is the most effective way to prevent STD infection. Two, assert, ascertaining that likelihood of infection from certain sexual behaviors. DHS collects and reviews information on the, ad, on the efficiency or likelihood of transmission of HIV and other STDs through uh, different sexual acts. DHS has determined that transmission of HIV and STDs is highly efficient through vaginal and anal sex. Non-HIV STDs can be transmitted through oral sex. However, the likelihood of transmission depends on a number of factors. In general, the likelihood of transmission is less through oral sex. Transmission of HIV through oral sex is far less likely than through vaginal or anal sex. Three population data. According to Dr. Bowen, HIV is still acquired primarily through men who have sex with many through injection drug use. The majority of HIV positive women are infected by bisexual partners or by partners who inject drugs. Chlamydia is the most commonly reported communic communicable disease in California and mostly affects women ages 25 or younger. I want to pause and say a couple of things. That was 2004. Times have changed, so we now know, we now understand that 
heterosexuals are the most impacted by HIV, STIs, and STDs. This is not a sexual gender diversity war if they were not having sexual orientations war against each other, we're not having gender identities war against each other, we're not having sex characteristics war against each other. This is what was people thought and felt in 2004, um, 17 years ago, but it's happening in terms of LGBTQ plus advancement was not where it was at that time. Um, HIV, STDs, and STIs are not LGBTQI plus diseases and infections. Um, they can happen to anybody. And they're happening the most to heterosexual, cisgendered people. Um, and that is the truth. And as for the monogamous relationships thing, I dare say that preventing STD and STI infection has nothing to do with having one partner. I dare say that healthy comprehensive sex education, more importantly applying healthy comprehensive sex education, that's the most effective way to prevent infections and diseases that are sexually transmitted. Sexually transmitted. Let me keep going. So, they're talking about chlamydia is the most commonly reported communicable disease in California, mostly affects women ages 25 or younger. Gonorrhea is the second most reported, the most common in minority and ethnic communities. Syphilis is less commonly reported, mainly affects men having sex with men. That was the understanding back then, of course. Those diseases and infections are now more happening to uh, straight people and people who identify as the gender they are based on the genitals that they have. Remember, this is 2004. By way of recommendations, Dr. Bowen said that DHS, both state and county, are available to assist other parties as they work to review and improve testing. Just said that education protocols be developed so that performers are aware of the risks associated with their work. DHS also encourages AIM to advocate for condoms in all productions, particularly for vaginal and anal intercourse. I just want to say this. Anal sex is healthy. Vaginal sex is healthy. Oral sex is healthy. So you can engage in those things. Um, as long as there's safe sexual practices going on, have your fun. Have y'all fun, because there's more than one of you, obviously. Uh, Jeffrey J. Douglas, Esquire, Chair of the Board, Free Speech Coalition. Mr. Douglas was introduced by Kat Sunlove, the Executive Director of the Free Speech Coalition Adult Entertainment Association. She notified the committee that the coalition provided the initial funding for AIM. She advocated for self-regulation through peer pressure, talent, education, and sound medical protocols. 
also mentioned that the board of directors of the coalition has drafted a code of best practice which outlines standards to be followed by the major producers in which they see as a desirable model for the entire adult entertainment industry. Mr. Douglas testified that while universal condom usage in the adult film industry is highly desirable, legally mandated usage threats to drive the industry into the underground economy. As an example of this risk, Mr. Douglas pointed to attempts in the 1980s to prosecute adult filming as prostitution and pandering. During the several years that the legality of sexually explicit filmmaking was in doubt, much of the industry was forced underground. Mr. Douglas warned that going underground is relatively simple for the adult film industry because the very nature of the content requires discretion so as to avoid offending the public. Mr. Douglas testified on each of the occasions in which there has been a concern regarding HIV within the adult film industry. The number of condom mandatory production rises. The fact that numerous companies do require condom usage without being required to do so by threatened criminal sanctions establishes that there are economic forces that favor such voluntary conduct. Mr. Douglas concluded by urging the legislature and appropriate regulatory authorities to work with the responsible institutions within the adult film industry to think creatively and increase the symptoms for condom use, testing, and safer practices. I also want to comment on one thing um, that was mentioned earlier about monogamous relationships. It's okay to have ethically non-monogamous relationships as long as they are safe sexual practices. And it's okay to have ethically monogamous relationships as long as they're safe sexual practices. Let me keep going. Dr. Sharon Mitchell, Administrator, AIM Healthcare Foundation. Dr. Mitchell stayed, started her testimony with a brief historical outline of AIM. In 1998, the Adult Industry Medical Healthcare Foundation was formed in response to an actress testing positive for HIV. After protocols were implemented in response, AIM Healthcare Foundation found four other women positive at the time and a male patient zero, who was forging tests from county facilities and knowingly spreading the HIV virus. It became apparent that talent needed other services like STD testing and treatment, hepatitis vaccinations, drug and alcohol treatment, prevention educational services, life after porn, scholarship programs, medical checkups, and group counseling. AIM devised a mechanism to care for the industry, which has operated on a harm reduction model, dispensing information appropriately to both producers and talent. In 1999, the system was put to the test when a popular male actor was diagnosed positive with HIV. The actor had 17 partners in three different countries. All parties were identified in two hours, contacted by the end of the day. After 60 days, no further HIV was detected in the, in the industry or the public health sectors. In 2003, AIM started implementing monthly testing for HIV, chlamydia, and gonorrhea. As a result, according to Dr. Mitchell, STD rates for chlamydia and gonorrhea are 2.8%, 10% less than the general population. In 2001, AIM started screening all talent with the county DHS for syphilis with the RPR methodology. AIM's HIV statistics showed that in over 80,000 tests performed on talent, only 16 cases of HIV have been found in nearly seven years. Additionally, six were found positive who never worked in porn due to the fact that the protocols of negative status were followed by producers. 
Dr. Mitchell then described how AIM handled the current outbreak. After a male actor came back from Brazil complaining of fatigue and viral symptoms, AIM screened him by the PCR slash DIM method for HIV and found him to be negative. It was, however, about seven to ten days into the infection of the HIV virus. AIM tested him three weeks later and found him positive for HIV by PCR slash DNA. A blood specimen was taken for confirmation when it was showing pending. The industry was notified and made a list of primary partners who which took about four hours. AIM then contacted these people and obtained a list of who they worked with, which was 60 people in total. Within two days, the industry was virtually shut down while AIM investigated. All talent had come in for their first emergency testing sequence within a few days. AIM found four cases. Hold on for a minute. I have to, um, I had to mute the ringer on my phone. Here we go. AIM then contacted those people to obtain a list of who they worked with, which was 60 people in total. Within two days, the industry was virtually shut down while AIM investigated. All talent had come in for their first emergency testing sequence within a few days. AIM found four cases of HIV in all. Canada DHS demanded AIM's confidential records for a parallel investigation. According to Dr. Mitchell, many performers were concerned about their privacy and felt that their records were not private. AIM felt, this, felt that this would not help the investigation. Dr. Mitchell then testified about what had been done since the HIV infections to improve the system. All records kept at AIM Healthcare regarding HIV and monthly STD screening can be assessed by producers and directors. This can, they can download clean bills of health by 10 a.m. the following morning and can go back as far as seven years for testing data on each patient. All other six-month requested checkups are kept confidential as well as medications for herpes, wart removal, and birth control. All town can call in to check up and make sure tests are valid, up-to-date, not forged. AIM has also contacted non-condom companies to push the testing window period to two weeks and to pay for testing. All travelers and new talent will test, wait two weeks, and have an additional test at the end of two weeks. They must either use condoms in a two-week waiting period or refrain from working. AIM has also been given a donation of adult DAT software, which allows production managers to input the individual encounters in each scene they have shot that day. With this technology, AIM can make a quarantine list in a matter of minutes rather than the typical four hours. Also, as of late, all new talent will be required to view a 20-minute informational video taken on HIV and STDs and prevention education specific to adult films before their first blood draw. Talent also takes home with them an established one-hour porn one-on-one fourth edition informational videotape. Dr. Mitchell believes that a mandatory condom policy will drive most companies underground in LA County. Those performers would never would not even come in for testing for fear of government intervention and sharing confidential information. The industry culture, according to Dr. Mitchell, is becoming more and more condom compliant day by day. She believes it will not help to legislate. The alternate AIM protocol result more HIV and STDs. Dr. Mitchell closed her testimony by saying that the industry system works very well. And with the new improvements and more and more producers moving towards safer sex and condom use, it is costing no government money at this time. So I'm on page 8 of 11. Jill Spurline, General Counsel, Titan Media. Mr. Spurline testified that all the major gay studios require the use of condoms. 
According to his testimony, this voluntary method of protecting performers has been highly effective. There are no known case of HIV transmission in the making of a gay adult film. Approximately 80 to 90% of the gay adult films released and distributed yearly use condoms. Testing of HIV for gay performance would be ineffective, Ms. Farland argued, because the talent pool is not as limited and discreet as in the straight adult industry. Gay performers often only appear in one or two movies. Few performers work in the industry regularly for an extended period of time. Mr. Spark Spurline, that's his name, Mr. Jill Spurline, General Counsel Titan Media. Mr. Spurline further argued that testing for HIV in the gay community would have no value. Studios could not discriminate against actors who are HIV positive. Moreover, a negative test on Friday to summon a person is negative on Monday, thus, set up, thus sets up a false sense of security. Testing, Mr. Spurline added, may violate the United States and California constitutions. Additionally, a mandatory testing could cause gay production companies to leave the state, resulting in a loss of revenue to the state, as well as a lost ability to positively impact the health and safety of Californians working in the industry. Mr. Spurline suggested if legislation is passed, Mr. Spurline suggested if legislation is passed requiring testing, an exemption should be given to adult companies that require the use of condoms, thereby encouraging this highly effective prevention technique and providing a positive message for the use of condoms to the viewing public and consumers of adult films. He stated that the use of condoms in adult films provides more beneficial impact for both performers and the public than ineffective testing. In conclusion, Mr. Spurline argued that legislation requiring the use of testing as a means of prevention will send the signal that it is an effective means of prevention. Individuals outside the industry, including many young people, work, would undoubtedly get the message that if testing is good enough to protect adult film protectors or adult film performers, I'm sorry. Individuals outside the industry, including many young people, would undoubtedly get the message that if testing is good enough to protect adult film performers or highly sexually active, it is certainly sufficient for the average person. Nina Hartley, art and performer. Ms. Hartley argued that mandatory condom requirements would increase the demand of quote-unquote bareback productions or films depicting sexual acts without the use of a condom. Such a requirement, she continued, would not be enforceable. If performers wish to use condoms, she stated, they can always say no to productions requiring unprotected sex. She further stated that she has refused to work on productions where a male performer declined to use a condom. Note that AIM is working to educate young performers that they have the right to leave the set if asked to work under certain conditions. Now I'm on page nine. Chairman corrects inquired whether young performers are willing to assert those rights. Ms. Hartley responded that some performers may have done things on the set they have regretted later. Underground production, she added, will only increase if condoms were made mandatory. A better method of protection would be to inform performers that they have the right to say no to dangerous requests by producers. Thomas J. Coates, Ph.D., Professor, Department of Medicine, Division of Infectious Diseases, David Geffen School of Medicine, University of California, Los Angeles. Dr. Coates has been involved in the HIV epidemic since 1983 and has devoted his professional career to HIV prevention. How dare HIV is now a pandemic? Any continent you can have it. Dr. Coates test and any island have to. Dr. Coates testified that workers' safety in the adult film industry should be taken seriously. A fundamental question needs to be raised, and that is, and that is whether the adult film industry adopt the same standards as other industries, whereas workers are potentially exposed to infectious diseases. While applauding the work of AIM, Dr. Coates testified that more 
can or should be done and beliefs that condom only code is helpful but shifts the debate from a harm elimination to a harm reduction strategy. Condoms reduce but do not eliminate HIV transmission and acquisition. The only foolproof way to avoid transmission is to avoid intercourse altogether. Dr. Coates further testified that in addition to a harm reduction strategy, policymakers in the industry should also be reconceptualizing the issue of safety in adult films to include combination prevention as may be necessary in order to control transmission of HIV during the risky situations that define the content of adult films. A menu of options that should be considered in combination in order to maximize prevention of transmission could include one, no ejaculation to a body cavity, especially not in the anal or vaginal cavity. Two, no ejaculation on mucosal surfaces. Three, use of the female condom. Four, use of a condom for intercourse beyond the filming of initial penetration. Five, um, liberal use of lubricant to avoid as much as possible abrasions in the anal and vaginal cavities. Six, more frequent testing. Seven, mandatory testing for gonorrhea, chlamydia, and syphilis. Eight, mandatory chronic use of herpes suppressing medications. Nine, use of the diaphragm for vaginal intercourse. Ten, pre-exposure prophylaxis. Eleven, a fund to pay for all these expenses. I'll also say use of the male condom and A in the LGBT code plus people. I'm sorry, and LGBT code plus people are already using condoms already using safe sexual practices. Dr. Coates also suggested that perhaps all adult films should carry a disclaimer. Do not try this at home as it could be hazardous to your health and that of your loved ones. He concluded his testimony by saying that the main barrier to reform is usually cited as economic or marketing driven. But legitimacy often requires an industry to take steps that might cut into profits or market share. Advancing public health cannot occur on the basis of legislation or regulation alone. Martha Matthews, attorney, American Civil Liberties Union, ACLU. Martha Matthews is the David Bonhead attorney at the American Civil Liberties Union, ACLU of Southern California. Ms. Matthews testified that the ACLU generally opposes voluntary government-mandated HIV testing of facilitation of privacy under both federal and state law. Such a requirement would be lawful if it were the last restrictive way to achieve a compelling state interest. While California has a compelling interest in preventing HIV transmission, the ACLU argues that mandatory testing properly is not the most effective or least restrictive way to achieve this goal. The ACLU identified other less invasive measures to address this problem, such as mandatory education requirements or the use of condoms for all activities involving a significant risk of HIV transmission. When asked to comment on whether the mandated use of condoms in adult films would violate the First Amendment, the ACLU responded that this may be one of the rare circumstances where a restriction on expressive activity would be permissible under a quote-unquote strict scrutiny, strict scrutiny constitutional analysis requiring safer sex practice and effective way of addressing the state's interests without restricting more expressive activity than is necessary. Finally, the ACLU urged policymakers to support the significant progress that has been made by the industry itself in terms of education and voluntary testing and disclosure. Michael Weinstein, President AIDS Healthcare Foundation. Mr. Weinstein made the point that there are thousands of HIV infections occurring all over the country and the world, and yet the media and legislature are now focused on a handful of infections that have recently occurred in the porn industry. 
also stated that AIM may be best suited to deliver HIV testing and prevention services to the porn community rather than other HIV-related organizations like AIDS Healthcare Foundation. Public comment. In addition to invited panelists, the committee heard from various interested parties during the hearing's public comment, public comment section. The speakers included interested citizens, industry performers, and producers. Of particular interest was testimony by individuals from the industry supporting government protection of performance, health, and safety. Some also challenged the assertion that the porn industry would move out of state if the government imposed any requirement. Adult film producer Adam Glaser stated, I don't think the threat of companies leaving California is as real as we perceive. Where am I going to go? Where's the safe haven? You have to balance the threat against reality. Number one thought should be the safety of the people working. Summary of witness recommendations. The following is a list of recommendations provided by the witnesses for this particular hearing and are not the official policy recommendations of the Assembly Committee on Labor and Employment. No government involvement. Government regulation may drive the industry underground or out of state, leading to further health risk among performers. Modified workplace requirements to observe universal precautions in the adult film industry, according to medical authorities who specialize in the transmission of blood-borne diseases, require condom use for all high-risk sexual encounters. Screening requirements for sexually transmitted diseases set by the state with screening costs paid by the industry. Exemption from any testing or screening requirements those production companies that require exemption from any testing or screening requirements those production companies that require the use of a condom during filming. Vaccinations for appropriate preventable conditions. Mandate education and training of all adult film industry performers to make them aware of the risks associated with the industry. Monitoring by state and local health departments to ensure compliance with any mandates or requirements. Industry encouragement of condom-only policies. Require condoms from certain sexual activities. Require safe sex messages or disclaimers at the beginning of each adult video or DVD. Industry or government require quote-unquote combination prevention practices. Legislation appropriate regulatory authorities to work cooperatively. Legislature and appropriate regulatory authorities to work cooperatively with the responsible institutions within the adult film industry. Think creatively and increase incentives for economies, testing and safer practices. Support the industry initiated programs and systems that result in education, voluntary testing, and disclosure. So that was all the work, healthy, and safety part. So. I just want to be able I think I'm going to do one more health and safety in the adult film industry Did you know adult community workers face serious health risks due to potential infection with HIV and other pathogens transmitted through sexual contact? Proper use of condoms and other control measures can prevent or reduce the risk of infection. Cal slash OSHA requires employees in the adult community to provide and ensure their use of condoms and implement other measures to protect employees from sexually transmitted infections. Although Cal slash OSHA requirements do not cover workers or independent contractors, a worker may be an employee in the uh, 
employer calls the worker and independent contractor. Employers can call or visit Pathless OSHA to obtain more information about a complaint. The off-farm industry workers face serious health risks due to potential infection, HIV, and other pathogens transmitted through sexual contact. Infections that can be transmitted through sexual contact include the following. Viruses. A hepatitis A virus, HIV, can cause liver failure. Hepatitis B virus, HBV, can cause liver scarring, cirrhosis, and liver cancer. Hepatitis C virus, HCV, can cause liver scarring, cirrhosis, and liver cancer. Herpes simplex, um, simplex virus, HSV, um, can cause painful skin sores, bladder problems, mig, menin, meningitis, rectal inflammation, serious infection of babies born to infected mothers. Human immunodeficiency virus, HIV, can harm the eyes, heart, kidneys, liver, bones, and brain and can develop into acquired immunodeficiency syndrome, AIDS, which severely weakens the immune system and can lead to death. Human papillomavirus, HPV, can cause genital warts and cancer. Other types of infections, chlamydia, can cause chronic pain, infertility, and potentially fatal ectopic pregnancy. Gonorrhea can cause chronic pain, infertility, and life-threatening infections. Syphilis can damage the heartburn of the organs. Trichomoniasis. Trichomoniasis can cause genital inflammation in persons who develop symptoms and increase the risk of getting or spreading other infections like HIV. Proper use of condoms and other control measures can prevent or reduce the risk of infection. Condoms. Infections listed below are primarily transmitted through direct contact with the semen, vaginal fluids, or other secretions of an infected person. Proper use of condoms can greatly reduce the risk of the other person being infected. Hepatitis B virus, hepatitis C virus, HIV, chlamydia, gonorrhea, trichomoniasis. I'm actually going to try to pronounce this word correctly. It bothers me when I don't pronounce the words correctly. I'm going to Google educate me. Here we go. Trichomoniasis. Trichomoniasis. There we go. Trichomoniasis. Trichomoniasis. Here we go. The infections listed below are primarily transmitted through direct contact with mucous membranes, infected skin sores, or intact skin of an infected person. Proper use of condoms can reduce the risk of the other person being infected. Herpes simplex virus, human papillomavirus syphilis. Hygienic practices. The virus, list, the virus listed below is primarily transmitted through ingestion of fecal matter from infected persons. Using thorough hygienic practices to prevent fecal matter from coming into contact with a person's mouth can help prevent the person from being infected. Vaccination is the most effective means of preventing hepatitis A transmission for persons at risk of infection. Hepatitis A virus. Vaccination. The full series of vaccinations given at a certain point before exposure can help prevent a person from being infected with the following viruses. Hepatitis A, Hepatitis B, Human Papillomavirus. Pre-exposure prophylaxis, PrEP. Pre-exposure prophylaxis, or PrEP, which involves taking medicines daily and always using a condom can help prevent a person from being infected with the following virus, HIV. Treatment as prevention, TASP. Proper use of antiviral medications by persons infected with the following viruses can markedly reduce 
although not completely eliminate the risk of their sexual partners becoming infected. Herpes simplex virus HIV. Testing. Testing for the pathogens listed below can detect a current infection. However, negative test result is not a guarantee of the absence of infection because tests often cannot detect infection in the earliest stages. Furthermore, even in later stages, a quote-unquote negative test result can sometimes be false, such as when the person is taking antiviral or antibiotic medications, hepatitis B virus, hepatitis C virus, HIV, chlamydia, gonorrhea, syphilis. One more time. Trichomoniasis. Trichomoniasis. Cow-OSHA requires employers in the adult film industry to provide and ensure the use of condoms and implement other measures to protect employees from sexually transmitted infections. The Cow-OSHA Bloodborne Pathogen BBP standard found in California Code of Regulation Title A, Section 5193, requires employers to protect the health and safety of employees to universal precautions and approach to infection control that treats all blood and certain other human body fluids as if they contain bloodborne pathogens including hepatitis B virus, hepatitis C virus, HIV syphilis. In, a, in observance of universal precaution under the BPP standard, employers must provide and require employees to use protective barriers and implement feasible administrative and work practice controls to prevent employees from coming into contact with blood, semen, and vaginal fluids. Protective barriers include, for example, condoms for performance and gloves for employees who clean up after scenes. The PPP standard also requires employers to do the following. Offer the hepatitis B vaccine series to employees who may come in direct contact with the blood, semen, or vaginal fluid of another person when exposure incident occurs. Offer a confidential medical evaluation to exposed employee. Test the other person's blood for hepatitis B, hepatitis C, and HIV. Make the test results available to the exposed employee. Provide treatment and counseling to the exposed employee as required under Section 5193, Subsection F3. Ensure the confidentiality of medical records of employees. Train employees at least annually about bloodborne pathogens, including, including explanation of the employer's exposure control plan. What an employee can do is expose. The Cal slash OSHA Injury and Illness Prevention Program Standard found in California Code of Regulations Title A, Section 3203, requires employers to identify and evaluate evaluate workplace hazards and correct unsafe or unhelpful conditions. Under this standard, adult film industry employers must implement control measures to protect employees from any of the infections discussed above. Although CAL-OSHA requirements do not cover workers or independent contractors, a worker may be an employee even if the employer calls the worker an independent contractor. CAL-OSHA requirements cover workers who are employees. They do not cover workers or independent contractors. In other words, CAL-OSHA does not have jurisdiction over the safety and health of independent contractors. Whether a worker is an employee or an independent contractor depends on the nature of the relationship between the employer and the worker. CAL-OSHA jurisdiction is not defined by whether an employer calls a worker an independent contractor, nor is it defined by whether the worker receives a 1099 form instead of a W-2 form at the end of the tax year. Both CAL-OSHA and the Division of Labor Standards Enforcement start with the presumption that a worker is an employee. And the most significant factor to be considered is the following. Whether the person to whom services rendered, the employer or principal, has control or the right to control the worker, both as to the work done, 
and the manner and means in which it is performed. In other words, if the producer tells the worker what to do, when to do it, and how to do it, pays the worker for the work, the worker may be an employee and not an independent contractor. In contrast to sole proprietors, you freely decide how to perform the activities being recorded or uploaded via live stream, you freely decide whether to use barrier protection, may be independent contractors. Additional facts include whether the person performing services is engaged in occupation business distinct from that of the principal, whether or not the work is a part of the regular business of the principal or alleged employer, whether the principal or the worker supplies the instrumentalities, tools, and the place for the person doing the work, the alleged employee's investment in the equipment or materials required by their task or their employment of helpers, whether the service rendered required requires a special skill, the kind of occupation with reference to whether in the locality the work is usually done under, under the direction of the principal or by specialists without supervision. The alleged employee's opportunity for profit loss depending on the managerial skill, the length of time for which services are to be performed, the degree of permanence of the working relationship, the method of payment, whether by the time or by the job, and whether or not the parties believe that creating employer-employee relationship may have some bearing on the question. But it's not determinative since this is a question of law based on objective test. No single factor is dispositive. The decision maker must weigh all the factors present in a specific work situation to determine whether an employee-meant relationship exists. Um, so if you're in California, you can call or visit Kyle slash OSHA at 510-286-7011. And the Constitution and Constitution Services at 800-963-9424 to file a complaint about workplace hazard. Um, you can call the Cal slash OSHA district office serving the location of your job. And you can call regional manager Hassan Adden at 626-471-9122 about complaint about employee exposure to infectious disease. Is it illegal for an employer to retaliate, discriminate against an employee who files a complaint with Cal slash OSHA? And they keep that in these of complainants confidential unless the complainant requests otherwise. All right. I just want to make sure that I, um, I want to cover everything. Starting to get tired, so this is the last thing I'll say, then I'll end um, ethical porn standards part four. I'll talk about other things happening in porn. I'm gonna 
we talk about the mental health issues, I definitely get involved in that. Hmm. Okay. This is what I want to say. I just want to say that I'm thankful that I've done this. I'm really proud of myself for talking about something such as this. Because a lot of people are afraid to. A lot of people want to be the kind of people that want to see things one way. And I decided to see things in the middle. Here's where I come in with my own thoughts. I think about how, for me, I think there should be a porn independent contractors, whether you're on screen or or behind the camera, right? And that their all their human rights should be honored as well. And if I was a founder and owner and executive and did executive leadership of an ethical porn entity, I would do the same things. So, I also want to say that one of the reasons why I would like to be on screen and behind the camera as well as be a part of executive leadership in the ethical porn world is that I want to promote uh, healthy nudity, healthy eroticism, um, healthy sensuality, healthy sex, healthy sexuality, healthy body image. Um, That's what I want to be demonstrated. So this is the last thing I read and I'll end because I don't want to get too tired because when you do episodes for quite a while, you can get tired. So I'm going to rest and I'm going to do um, the mental health things tonight. Um, here's how you can tell if you're watching Let's Go Point by Griffin Wine, August 3rd, 2020. If you, look, if you like to be mindful of your masturbation material, you, you may already be selective with the sexy scenes you want to watch. It creates safety and a sense of intimacy that can be felt off screen. When it comes to knowing what constitutes ethical porn, experts say it's essential to consider the production and reception. According to Aisha Hassan, a sex and porn coach, porn actress, and founder of the Violet, ethical porn is made in a sex positive way with conscious business practices. 
This can mean mixing harmful racial and gender stereotypes, casting a wider range of performers showing consent on screen as well as pleasure for all. But it can also look like ensuring safe working conditions, giving performers more agency in who they work with and fair pay for performers. This creates safety and a sense of Gene, sex educator, mental health professional. Ethical porn means porn that tries to incorporate better production practices. Ethical porn creators will try to honor performances' boundaries, give them time to physically and emotionally prepare food for filming, and hire producers and writers who are more intentional and content-driven. But Gene emphasized that ethical porn doesn't mean stopping all aggressive behavior or power play. People can have healthy, consensual, aggressive sex, Gene says. It just shouldn't be that we only see abusive porn or only seeing women being submissive or only seeing the person with a penis ejaculating. It's the variety. We need more things available. Gina Hussain explained that it can be nearly impossible to determine what constitutes ethical porn because sexuality is so nuanced, even on smaller, independent, or women run sets, unethical things can still happen. There's no way of knowing if something was ethically made, Gina says. If something comes out after, if there was a consent violation on set, there's something after the fact. If there's something after the fact, it's not like someone sitting there making sure they went by the ethical standards. Sheen asks that use of ethical in the porn world has become similar to the word organic at a health food store. After a while, it starts to lose its meaning, Gene says. Reverend Lucifer, the founder of Reiki Founders, Reverend Lucifer? Um, The founder of Rikai Bondage explained that terms like ethical and responsible can be subjected to both viewers and performers. Overall, we prefer language like independent to know the difference between this category and mainstream porn, Lucifer tells Bustle. Kinkley's Dictionary of Sex Terms defines mainstream porn as pornography produced and distributed by large porn production companies that would appeal to a more broad audience. Unlike independently produced or subscription-based porn, mainstream porn is generally free and widely accessible on giant sites like Pornhub or YouPorn Root is likely what you find when you Google porn. Gene says that mainstream porn is often defined by the feedback loop of search engine optimization CEO, SEO, SEO. Right now, abusive porn is a lot because that's what people are into, Gene says. SEO drives that, so then the porn companies supply it. While no one person is responsible for the problematic trends in mainstream porn, like normative beauty standards or racial stereotypes, Gene says individual viewers can choose to break the patterns and to be more intentional with what they're watching. You're only seeing the same types of bodies over and over again, and only seeing them behave that same way. And that starts to be what we expect. It starts to be what we're into, Gene says. It's important to expose yourself to various bodies, to a variety of races, sexual identities, to change things up and learn new things. Daniel Blunt, freedom dominatrix, independent porn producer and tech and sex consultant, agrees with Gene, knowing the importance of being an intentional porn viewer. All labor under capitalism is vulnerable to exploitation, Blunt tells Bustle. But we can do our best to be ethical consumers. But blunt being ethical porn consumer means paying for your porn, tipping your favorite, tipping your favorite performers, and working to decriminalize sex work. It all means funding robust sex education that talks about consent, harm reduction, and queer sex. Blunt says, porn is not meant to be a replacement for sex ed. Though, through, though Hussein, Gene, Rusper, and Blunt all reiterate the importance of consent and safe working conditions for performers, they agree that establishing certain porn as ethical or responsible creates an unfair dichotomy within porn. In other words, when some porn is deemed ethical or good, it means other porn is considered unethical or bad by default. This can create further divides in the porn world, an industry that's already largely misunderstood and misrepresented. Shaming of any behaviors creates more deaths in the two things. It's important to see healthy ways of doing all things reflected on the screen. 
But that doesn't mean that we can't also watch things for pure entertainment about balanced understanding when and how we are watching. Um, here's what I'll say. To me, I think you can use the words ethical and responsible. Um, here's why I say you can. Because it's not about um, it's not about arrogance. It's not about us versus them. Um, it's not about showboating. It's all about these following things in the episode. Human rights, equal rights, civil rights, political rights, economic rights, social rights, and cultural rights. And by the way, I hope to be a porn activist and porn coach and sex coach too. I think that would be awesome. Um, so the separations of unethical or bad, that doesn't mean that we are broadcasting superiority. Where it's all about honoring uh people's full humanity. So I think ethical porn does exist. I think responsible porn does exist. Um, unethical bad porn, that does exist because of the human rights abuses that occur. So that's what I mean was unethical or bad. If there are no human rights abuses, then it's ethical and good. It's really that simple. People make it so hard. Um, So I I agree with uh, the first two. I agree when she talked about the ethical porn means porn tried to cover it by production branches when she said that. And yes, people can have healthy sexual aggressive sex, right? So the first two statements she started off with in this article, I am in strong agreement as well, 100%. Now I can end um, the ethical porn. Standard series. Thank you all for listening.